Dear Heavenly Father, we do ask that the very word that came to the Apostles at Pentecost through the indwelling Spirit of Truth that opened them up to your love and deep grace and security in your Son Jesus Christ would actually have, Father, its way within our hearts. Father, please don't let us put a condition on why we hear the word. Let us not be the third soil that finds that the word is choked because we have cares of the world or the desire for riches. Father, bring through that word now and bless this message, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we move along to Ascension Sunday and then Pentecost Sunday, which will be out at the school, we are looking at the way in which Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure to be with the Father. So, Jesus is going to depart, he's going to physically leave them, but then there's going to be this coming of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus is doing is he's preparing them for his going. So when you read chapter 14 of this Gospel, he's speaking to a band of disciples. There's one audience there. Many parents probably thought, right, I'm going to prepare my child for when they grow up. They put all that time and effort in thinking, I'm preparing them for when they get to teenage years and when they get into their 20s. Is that right, parents? You do that? Well, here's Jesus actually patiently working with these disciples and you need to know they don't get it. They actually don't get it at this moment in time. They will get it and they do get it. But Jesus is giving clear markers to his disciples of what things are going to look like when he goes away. He's really preparing these disciples for the ministry that they're going to participate in and the way in which they're actually going to be the ones who continue the ministry of Jesus in the world. How's that? Who's going to continue the ministry of Jesus in the world? I could start naming you right now. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? That's what he's actually saying to the apostles. Well, they're disciples, but they will be apostles. You're going to continue my ministry into the world. What a responsibility, you might think. Well, it is a responsibility and we need to actually see uh, the distinctive markers that Jesus puts on true believers, on true disciples, on true apostles. Because the early church was not only ravaged with persecution, but with false teaching and false apostles. And thank God it never happens ever here at all. Never happens in our day and age. No, the same thing happens. So there needs to be true markers put on what is the actual message that Jesus entrusts to his people. So do you expect me to say the same words that the apostles say? Do you expect my lips to be Jesus' lips. If not, what are you doing here? Is that your expectation? That Christ will speak His Word? Do you know His Word? Do you know His voice? Is it, is it actually a delight 
to have God speak to you? Is it the actual greatest thing in all the world that God would speak to you? And obviously when you open up your Bibles, the Holy Spirit communicates to you his word. But what a responsibility he's giving the disciples. So he makes these markers. He says, if you love me in John 14, 15, you'll keep my commandments. I'll ask the Father. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Do you know that truth doesn't matter anymore in our age? Ask yourself this question. Why does truth matter? The spirit of truth is going to come, but the world cannot receive him because it neither knows him nor sees him. But you will know him, for he has been with you in my ministry and he will indwell you. And in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, I in you. My peace I will leave with you, not as the world gives. Remember that. And then he makes this promise that he's going to uniquely reveal himself to the disciples and not to the whole world. And that's where we pick up our reading today with this very, very interesting question of Judas. So when I was preparing this, and you, won't, you probably won't have the same experience as me when you're reading this passage, but I'm reading this passage and I'm thinking, why is he asking this question? Actually, I had someone with me as I was doing it and he was more annoying. He wouldn't let me go until we actually discovered, why is he asking this question? So Jesus, Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. The word keep is guard. He will guard my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home or our dwelling place within him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. See, what Judas hasn't realised and what the disciples haven't realised is this. God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit haven't forgotten about the world. God so loved the world. But what Judas can't understand here at this point is that the one who's going to bring the revelation of Christ to the world, the one who's going to show Christ to the world is actually going to be the apostles. So how are you going to do it, Lord? How are you going to reveal yourself to us but not to the world? And Jesus is actually saying to them, when the Spirit indwells you and the word of truth comes to you, You, my apostles, will be my witnesses and the ones who reveal me to the world. Now that's interesting because not everyone believes, do they? But there's a great promise made that there will be those who do believe. And so when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my word, who understands what happened to the apostle Peter after Jesus' resurrection. Who can remember what Peter did just before Jesus' death? He denied Jesus. He was what you call a, a chicken. You know what a chicken is? Someone who's scared. He had a little girl come up to him. I don't know how old the girl was, but she said, are you a follower of Jesus? And he said, no, no, I'm not. 
He was afraid. So, after Jesus' resurrection, he comes to Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these brothers of yours? Peter says, yes, Lord, I do love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. See, the way in which the apostles were going to show their love for Jesus would be to guard, to keep and to protect what is called the apostolic or the apostles' gospel, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that would come to them through the Holy Spirit as they kept and guarded that word, that would show their love for Christ. And we'll see why. Let me ask you this question. What would happen if the apostles didn't keep and guard that word? If Paul didn't protect it from Peter at one stage because Peter started to get lost. If John didn't guard that word, what would have happened? False teaching would have come. So what's the sign of an apostle? What's the sign of a true disciple? What marks them out from someone who's false? They keep the word of Christ, the gospel of His grace, and they keep it above all human approval. They keep it above the fear of being excommunicated from synagogues. They keep it above being put in jail. And they guard it and they protect it and so the apostles got whipped. They got beaten. They got put in jail. Some of them were homeless. What did that show the world? I love Jesus. What's the marker? I'm, I'm, you can't do anything to me. You can come to me. You can even kill me. But the most precious thing is that word of truth, that gospel message. And they guarded it. I would say, with you and not against you, we are circumstantial Christians. Western Christians say, when my circumstances are right, I am happy. Really? Really? So that's the message? Well, it is. Go to the prosperity gospel. Go and hear it. If you have your right circumstances, then you are a happy person. What does that say to the world? What does that gospel message say to the world if you have riches, if you have health, if you have this, then you are blessed and happy by, you're happy, a happy person and blessed by God? What does that say? See, Jesus' promise here is not conditional. He's actually saying, those who hear my word, hear my forgiveness, who treasure it in their heart, actually come to know something so deep within them of the Father's love. The Father will love them, but it's going to be taking deep root in you. You'll have the assurance of the Father's love so that when your child or your brother or your sister or your mother or your, your father has cancer or someone dies around you, you will be able to cry out 
Father, Abba, Father. You won't think He doesn't love you. You will have such an assurance of His love because you're hearing His love come to you in that message so you can actually go out into a suffering world, experience suffering and you know the assurance of the Father's love. And the Father and the Son will come and make their home in you so that there will be such deep joy and contentment in you that no matter what circumstances come, their abiding, their living in you will actually outweigh everything you go through. I dare you not to believe that. See, if you don't believe that, you automatically become the third soil that doesn't bear fruit. You just live there and you're choked by the Word. Every time a bad circumstances comes, the Word choked, you're choked because you do not trust. You're not satisfied in your heart with Jesus' love. Pray for me. It's a temptation all the time for me. But let me give you an example. When Paul and Silas are in jail at Philippi, They've just been beaten. They've, had, they've been whipped and they've been beaten for preaching the gospel. They're in jail. How would you feel? Their bodies are probably a bit sore. How much food they have, I don't know. But they're in jail and does anybody know what they're doing in jail? Just singing praises and hymns to God. I wonder if you know what it is to be if you could go to a verse in the Bible and I say, go to a verse in the Bible that tells me what it is to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit and what do you do? You sing praises and hymns to God. Filled with the Spirit, you speak the Word of God boldly. So here they are, they're in, they're in jail and they're singing because they're in fellowship. They have the abiding of the Father. They have the abiding of the Son. They have the abiding of the Holy Spirit and there's a deep contentment in there. I am the bread of life, said Jesus. Whoever comes to me and believes in me shall never hunger and shall never thirst. What makes you, what, really, what do you really think is going to satisfy your heart is your idol. That's what you think is actually going to do it for you. Jesus is saying, when you know that word, when you know the guarded apostolic word, you'll know the assurance and the blessing of the Father's love. But those who do not know him simply do not keep his word but reject the Father and reject the Son. Does anybody get a bit frustrated with the black and whiteness of Jesus? Whoever does not love me just doesn't keep my word does not keep that gospel word. And, the, and when you meet them, there's smoke screens everywhere. They've got all kinds of reasons why they can't keep the word or why it's not happening. But deep down, the reason people don't keep the word of Christ is they don't trust him. They won't submit to that word. So the very thing that goes through John's gospel is the Jews will not accept the revelation that Jesus Christ is God's Word and God's Son. He came to His own and His own did not receive Him. 
Martin Luther gives this strong warning to us in a dialogue between himself and it's a funny dialogue because he's actually standing in judgment day and he's having a pretend conversation with God and God's asking him certain questions and he's answering God. So please listen to this carefully. But first he's being asked about what he preaches and then secondly he's being asked about what he believes. Now, if any man speaks Christ's word, whoever speaks Christ's word may freely boast that his mouth is Christ's mouth. What were the apostles? Christ's mouth to the world. I am certain that my word is not mine, but Christ's word. Therefore, my mouth also must be his word that is speaking. On the last day, God will say to me, Have you said that? And I will say, yes, exactly that. Wow. Then God will say to me, have you heard that? And I will say, yes, I heard that. And then he will say to me, why did you not believe it? And I will answer, oh, I held it to be the word of a man since a poor chaplain or village person uttered it. There you go, Adam, a chaplain out at the school. What's your condition? Oh, it's only him speaking. Who were the apostles? The apostles were simply men, weren't they? But their lips were the lips of the guarded word of Christ and if you can't hear the gospel, you can't hear it. But when you do hear it, you know the cry of Father. You know the spirit of adoption. You know what it is to be so loved by God and to not be condemned. You actually know it. It's not the word of man, but it's the word of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes has eternal life Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son. How simple is it? If you believe in Christ, you have eternal life and you cannot be condemned for your sins ever. Ever. You are always in a place of forgiveness and this is what Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Where does he give his peace to you? In the Gospel. In the Gospel where your conscience, and I love speaking about consciences because every time I mention it, heads go everywhere. It's so funny, I wish someone would stand up here with me and count the times where you talk about a conscience that's at peace and people go, oh, not me. So why are you guilty? Why are you guilty if Christ has forgiven all of your sins? I want to be. I want to be guilty. It makes me, it just makes me feel better. Oh, really? Can I come to your house and can I find out how much joy you have in your life then? This peace does not come from the world. I give it to you. I give it to you. My peace through a clear 
uncondemned conscience. The peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. The Holy Spirit has been described, and this is not, this is not my own understanding, it's too good to come from me, by one beautiful pastor by the name of Sinclair Ferguson. He describes the Holy Spirit as a homemaker. Now, how many wives here after a church service have said, all right, we've got some guests coming, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to clean the house up for the guests? Wouldn't be my wife because I'm the one who always cleans the house. Um, That's because she goes to work. Uh, But how many wives have done that? They've gone home and they've tidied up the house because you've got guests coming. The Holy Spirit comes and he brings the cleansing action of the word of the cross, the forgiveness of sins, and he cleanses you. He cleanses you, the body, your body, your humanity, your conscience, your heart, and he makes a home for the guests. And when the guests arrive, who are they? The Son and the Father. And they come and they live in you and they abide in you and they make their home in you and they delight in you and you eat with them and you drink with them. Jesus says, my joy I give you so that your joy may be full. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit make their home, their dwelling place in us. And if you understand what I'm saying here about this being the apostolic witness and message, then, brothers and sisters, who's going to carry on the message and the witness to the world? Well, you in front of me. As the Spirit indwells you, as the joy and peace of the Father, Son reside in you, and you begin to display Christ to the world. And when you begin to suffer and you don't actually worry about that suffering, but you have a deep contentment in that suffering, what does that say? I've got something greater than this world can give. I've got the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit in me. The Lord bless his word to you this morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.